to episode number 20 of Exploring the Multiverse, an original Podrick the Podcast series. This series is comprised of interviews with digital marketing experts where I, Maor Sadra, CEO at Incremental, ask my guests thought-provoking hypothetical questions. Today's episode features my good friend Jordi De Los Pinos, CEO and co-founder of Smalex. Jordi and I go way back, probably 12 years or longer. He's already been on our podcast previously and spoke about entrepreneurship. But today we talked about click-through rates, the infamous full screen ad X button and so on. I always enjoy catching up with Jordi and hope you'll hear that in our conversation. Hello Jordi again. Hey, how are you Mauro? Great to be here. Same, same. I'm glad that we have podcasts occasionally that uh, allows us to actually find some time to talk. I know, man. I, I, we were just before this, uh, starting the recording, we were talking about when to see each other. And I remember last time that you and I saw each other, it was in, uh, in the Cochava Summit, remember? Oh, there yeah. in Sandpoint, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that uh, was... before the pandemic. Yeah, I think it was a month before everything started closing down. Exactly. People were talking about, you know, there's this thing in China. What are we going to do yeah, about it? Yeah. And and then the, the world changed. Yeah, and I since I don't think I've seen you in person. Yeah, I still remember that there was this, like one dude there in the Cochava Summit who uh, wanted to shake their hand. And they gave me a fist bump. And I was like, this is so weird. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, look at us six months later. Imagine, imagine. But yeah, man, it's great at least, at least to have a nice time to talk, even indeed. if it's in the, just a podcast. Indeed, indeed. But uh, yeah, I do miss uh, seeing you face to face. Like, I think we know each other for at least a decade now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least, uh, you know, <laughs> if not more, eh? because I think um, probably, probably made... No, know, more. 2013. No, no, no. We know each other since my days at Interactive. And uh, yeah. I think Interactive back then was one of the first SSPs that Smart integrated with. It was, it was the, the first. first. And I think yeah. it probably was 2012. So, yeah. Wow. So, more than yes. more than 10 years. Crazy, yeah? Indeed. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> cool. But wow, we look the know. same. We look the same. Yes, and you know, but you know, like 10 years in mobile uh, marketing is like 70 years, right? It's, it's counted in dog years. <laughs> it's exactly like that. And you know, I talk to people, you know, some of my friends that are in other like less less dynamic industries. And I just, you know, if they knew, sometimes I talk with them and they seem always stressed. Like, Jordi, what's going on? It's like, if you guys knew all the changes that I have to go through and it's not small changes, it's like, you know, industry changing all the time it's it's crazy it is yeah crazy. it's amazing what like 12 i think what 11 12 years ago we were talking about UDID <laughs> deprecation and now <laughs> oh my god yeah well yeah. no but it's interesting yeah like the whole the whole journey has been i i guess i guess if i was now in an industry that was less dynamic in the end i would be bored of course, you know, I know a lot of people who essentially kind of like left the industry and then they all come back. Yeah, <laughs> they all come back. Everything else just suddenly looks so boring. Yeah. But but the fact is, you know, I, I honestly believe that the, this industry is very dynamic and it changes a lot because it needs to change a lot. Right. It's still in its infancy. I, I've always said it, you know, as long as I see ads that I don't care about, you know, the industry has to get better. And so we're still a long way far from, from that goal. And, um, but I, but I think that, you know, 
we I think we're on the right path. I think there's like going to be deviations and there's going to be there's bad things and good things, but the industry is evolving, and I have to assume that it's evolving in a good way, right? Even though there's things that are painful, um, I, I I think that there's like still a lot to be changed, a lot to be improved on. It's like if, if you like challenges, this is the perfect industry to be in. But you know, it's it's weird because if you look, there's many other industries who are essentially new, like I don't know, less than twenty years old. Uh, and most of those essentially got regulated, stabilized, and pretty much that's it. But I think in our specific industry, because you have so many powers that be pulling in various directions, plus regulation on top of it, plus user yeah. sentiment, and other, obviously like also innovation in technology. Um, but it's very hard, right? Because in addition to all that, it's a really hard industry to understand if you're not in, right? If you're... If you're just looking outside, it's regulated. Imagine regulators, right? <laughs> imagine they have to understand what goes under. They can't, right? They, you know, imagine what they can think. Oh, there's this, you know, people tracking people, companies tracking people, what they do with this information. And... Senator, we run ads. Yeah. And? Oh, you know, that's uh, the infamous... Uh... Ah like FTC hearing that uh, Facebook had in front of the U.S. Senate where um, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg had to explain, Senator, we run ads. Yeah, exactly. And, of... and, you know, and, uh, as part of the evolution of the industry, I also think um, it's going to be, it's very interesting to know, you know, for, for people to, to um, understand the value of ads, right? Nobody likes to see ads, but nobody likes to pay for things, right? And so, Ads, I think that the the conception of ads as something that offers me services for free, I think it will improve over time as um, as there's less uh, corrupt practices and as there's more information about what data is being used for and as ads are more useful and target better. So um, this is still a long way. We're still a long way, but but yeah, the, the whole industry is very complicated. And if people that, you know, I, I think that part of the why it's very dynamic is because it's very hard to understand from the general consumers, right? They just see the output, but they don't see how it works. And so yeah. you can raise this. Jordi, we, we almost went full in, but uh, while it's our like many, many, many times uh, meeting and speaking with one another for this, and you've been to the podcast already in the past, but for sake of new listeners, um, why don't you give a short introduction about yourself? All right. Thank you. So, yeah, so I'm Jordi. I'm the founder and CEO at Smanex. Uh, we are a, um, a DSP. I was going to say a mobile DSP. Maybe I should say a mobile first DSP because now we show ads also on, on connected TVs mainly. Um, and also on, on computers. Um, a little bit of background about myself. I'm an engineer. I, I love being an engineer and I get into the details of the technology of our DSP. My background actually was in uh, building chips for cell phones back at Qualcomm in, in California a long time ago. And then I, uh, I, uh, I moved into the uh, digital advertising world without knowing much back in 2011, uh, when uh, a little earlier than, uh, than I met you. And so uh, Smilex, Smilex started in 2011. Uh, we sold the company to a, to a listed company in the US called Entravision. 
that uh, focused at that time mostly on uh, broadband TV and radio. Now the company Entravision has grown a lot digitally and the whole digital businesses of Entravision are 70% of the revenues. Um, we've been growing a lot. Uh, we, we would like to be the best DSP out there for uh, helping uh, for, to help uh, publishers grow uh, mostly their apps. That's, that's our main business. Cool, Jordi. So um, in this one, um, in this podcast, uh, we're going to talk about like hypotheticals. Now, you and I, I think for sure agree that even the craziest hypotheticals can happen. Uh, so it's going to be fun uh, speaking with you and really trying to understand what's your view and how likely do you think something would happen and so on and so on and so on. So jumping into the first question. Okay. okay. Uh, we've all seen it, I think, in the last couple of months, like the, uh, at least the mobile internet is swamped with full screen ads. Okay. <laughs> Some of them are quite annoying because it's like you can't really exit them. Now, uh, we know that Apple likes their consumers sometimes more than they like their advertisers and definitely more than they like their developers. What if Apple basically decides a new rule, full screen ads banned? Oh, wow. <laughs> Talk about hypothetical scenarios. Eh? That's a super interesting, super interesting one. Eh? So I think actually, first, you know, I think there would be a timeline of things happening. And first, consumers would love it, right? It's like, oh, you know, finally, I don't get interrupted. Imagine just, you know, this is, I know people get annoyed by, by full screen ads on phones, right? But imagine if this happened on, on, TV, you know, and on free TV, not on uh, on uh, pay-per-view or anything, but on, on on free TV, that now they say, oh, now, you know, there's not going to be ads. People, people would love it, right? Now, what would be the consequences of that? So the uh, publishers, their, their ROAS, their ROAS with incrementality, right? Talking about your company, and I, you know that I love your company that would reduce massively right there's like a there's a clear clear value that uh, that full screen ads provide to roas and to incrementality right it's it's and you can see why right it's not the same like a small banner that you can pretty much figure out you can train your brain to ignore um but a full screen ad that's that's you know that that creates a massive impact that that's what's what justifies the price difference in these units you know like small banners are very cheap Full screen ads are very, very, very expensive because they do create a lot of effect. So, so if advertisers cannot use those because let's say Apple, Apple banned it, um, they would have a very, 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 very hard time to, to advertise with incrementality. And so I think ultimately no new publishers could be created sustainably, right? So I think that, you know, the vast majority of publishers do need to rely on advertising to grow. That's my business, right? To help them do that. And so if publishers cannot be created sustainably in Apple, what could happen? You know, maybe they'd say, oh, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, this service I'm only going to create in Android or in Apple because in Apple it's not sustainable. I'm not going to be able to make money. And then the key question is what would happen with people? Would people, and that's, that's what we were talking about, right? This trade-off between the ads and the services. Is people really willing to, because they don't like ads, really willing to pass on services that are given to them for free? Would they pay for services? I'm sure, I am convinced 
on the value of advertising, and I'm convinced that a lot of people, the vast majority of people, 95% plus of people, would say, okay, no, I still want that services, and I'm still willing to take the advertising, and so if, if Apple doesn't give me those services, I'll move to Android. And that's where I'll have those services and those games and those, uh, those apps that I need for my day-to-day. And so if in Apple, there's no new publishers that are created, eventually there will be a new publisher that will be really cool created in Android because in Apple, it would not be sustainable. And eventually people just would move to Android. And, but that's again, my hypothesis. What do you think? I don't know. So, yeah. So like thinking about it, so, you know, I'm, a, I'm an iOS yeah. user. I like my iPhone. I think the likelihood of me switching to an Android well, is probably lower than this hypothetical, but like personally, what I think is that essentially, again, if the full screen ads would like overnight disappear, uh, I think a lot of ad spend would essentially migrate into influencer marketing spend. So TikTok, um, Snapchat, YouTube, um, like influencer networks, like uh, stream elements, for example, Matchmade and so on. I think those would grow massively mm-hmm. because that would be the way to still have your message broadcasted to the user's undivided attention. Because the, the best thing about a full screen video is you capture user's yeah. attention. Okay, Like it or not, that's a different question, but you capture it. And, and I think that again, like a lot of the budget will simply shift there. Yes, for sure. Like many other publishers would be forced to go into uh, in a purchases rather than advertising. But indeed, I agree with you. They would lose a ton of revenues and yeah. the the ability to actually promote. So this would completely disrupt the iOS ecosystem yeah. to to a magnitude that we couldn't, like we probably can't even yeah. imagine. Hard to imagine. I mean, I just said that many publishers will go out of business and it will be really hard for publishers to be created sustainably. Maybe with other sorts of advertising, as you're saying, you know, more influential marketing. Hard for me to believe, but again, the good thing is that this is all hypothetical scenarios and there's no right or wrong, but um but yeah, it would be a massive, massive disruption. I mean, full screen ads, I mean, it's not a new thing, right? They've been on TV forever, right? That's what works. That's what drives attention and that's what you remember. So, so you know, kind of like a related, unrelated question. Um, recently, I think someone we know uh, who's based in Barcelona as well, um, did a LinkedIn post where, he, where I think he got personally pissed at the X button not working on one of these full screen ads. I think you know. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and you know if if we go into kind of like a leaner hypothetical you know apple doesn't ban the full screen ads but uh apple decides a standard for the x button like the x button has to be this amount of pixels placed in this corner of the screen and when a user clicks it it actually works okay what if that's what if that's the scenario that's a- okay rather than yeah banning it standardizing the X button. It makes a lot of sense. You know, yeah. for me, actually, as a DSP, it would be a blessing because we suffer this, right? We suffer networks controlling the rendering. And basically, when we talk about networks controlling the rendering, it means controlling where they plant the cross, when the cross appears, what happens when you click the cross, what shows, what happens after, you know? Do you quit the ad or do you go to some other ad or you go to some other ad? And so it would be a, it would be a blessing for, for, for DSPs. I think also for consumers, right? Like consumers are, you know, if, if you're playing games and then you know, you know now, there's like consumers that know now, oh, this ad is from that guy. So I know what I have to do to get out of the ad. I click here, click there, and, and then I just get out. 
um, but it's a mess. Um, and, and it's what I call happening today with the, the cross button is the rendering wars. It's not Star Wars, it's the rendering wars. The, the, the SDKs, they have, they, they have these uh, um, mechanisms to get the user to stay in the app and to go to the app store at all costs. You know, it's like, this is what you have to do at all costs. And there's this uh, balance, right, for publishers, right? The, the, the publishers that know a lot, I've talked to some publishers and they know a lot and they analyze everything, kind of like freaks like me. And they know that there's a balance between how much money they make with ads, like ad monetization, you know, the, the high CPMs that they can get with very aggressive networks but also the customers that attention they lose, right? So I'm a publisher and I'm showing this ad that is super aggressive. I cannot get away with it. I, I, I cannot return to the game. I have to leave the game basically. And yeah, they get a very high CPM. They make a lot of money on this ad, but they lose this guy. They lose this guy and maybe for good. And so, so they run, I know publishers that run these, uh, these measurements on, okay, so is, is this higher CPM than the higher CTR that the cross thing commands for me is that enough to compensate the loss and retention? And that's, these are some very very interesting analyses. Eh? And what I heard is that it's not compensating, right? Like this 70, 80% CTRs that sometimes we see now, and like what the heck is going on? They don't compensate. Even if it's like CPM super high, 20, 30, 50, 100 dollars, they don't compensate the fact that you lose retention. The guys are leaving. So. So I think that if this was harmonized, I think it would be great for the industry. I think publishers wouldn't need to do this analysis and decide because it would be given, right? Because now publishers, I mean, you, would, you could claim that having the choice is good. You, know, you could claim that publishers say, oh, so I can work with this network or with this network. I know that this network will pay me more, but, but I will have lower retention or work with that. But that, that adds another layer of complexity, right? Into a really complex operation as we discussed. So, so I think it would be good for the industry. And, and as I said, for DSPs, it would be a blessing. I do know, you know, um, I do know that, um, you know, SDKs, the networks, they, they, they have their own rendering for themselves, but when they sell the ad unit to a DSP, they give them a different rendering. And what I hear is that since publishers don't like very high CTRs because they don't want people to leave their game, obviously, you know, the networks, they want a very aggressive, rendering with very high CTR, and when publishers complain, then SDK is okay, so I'm gonna compensate that with a less aggressive rendering for a DSP that will take the CTR down and I will have a lower CTR. So DSPs are suffering this. So, so it's a mess. It's, a, it's an extremely intransparent, by the way, it's an extremely intransparent war because essentially for the publisher, they essentially get to see, okay, oh, this network is offering me $100 CPM, this network is offering 20, not realizing that at the end of the day, they might actually make more revenue because they lose less users on the 20. And, you know, I actually, like, I remember my days at the interactive supply side, like SSP, and we had a publisher and the publisher basically said, hey, I can like generate 10x more impressions for you guys. We were like, wow, amazing. And indeed they did overnight, but CTRs dropped by 20x. And basically what this publisher did is they uh, updated the refresh rate. So the ads changed every <laughs> half a second. So value of those ads was zero. Yeah. Uh, the problem, by the way, is that we had a CPM commitment to this publisher. 
Oh, that, <laughs> that goes to the level of detail of this yeah. industry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it is, but that, but that's the thing, right? That like, I just I never know, you know, the level of. Um, as I said before, there's 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 a balance to be had, right? If if you regulate it, you don't give choice to to the players in the industry. Um. But but if you give choice, then all sorts of bad things can happen, right? And I, I think, you know, I, I don't know who will put a stop to the ever-increasing CTRs of full screen ads. Now it's a little bit like out of control. I mean, you said it from our friend, uh, Adam. <laughs> I can tell you that I was, I was in MAU last week and this yeah. was a topic. People were talking about it. And some people were simply not accepting it, especially the, some of the bigger performance-like players, the, the ones were spending, you know, I don't know, half a million yeah. dollars a day um, they're not willing to accept these 70, 80% CTRs from networks anymore because obviously this is make yeah, believe. Yeah. But is, is it's not, interesting, yeah, because I, so I talk this, this can be interpreted from the point of view of the publisher doing ad monetization and the point of view of the advertiser, right? They, they are both the same company, but they play different roles, right? So for the, for the advertiser, um, Majoritarily, what I'm hearing is, you know, hey, that gives me better performance as long as it's not fraud. I'm happy, right? And you know, could define what fraud is, right? That's another question, right? Like whether. But is is, is isn't this isn't but isn't this like eighty percent fictitious CTR? Isn't this the same type of like click stuffing from five years ago? Well, I don't think so. Huh? I think. I think the click stuffing was much, much worse. I think these uh, very, very high CTRs on a video, it's, it's an effect of uh, networks trying very, very aggressively for the user to stay in the ad and then go to the app store, right? And they try. Now, if you'd say 70% and how many of those clicks really are, you know, in the end, yeah, you try to click the ad and, and eventually to click the cross and instead of getting out of the ad, you go to the app store. But then you go to the app store, you see, and you download it. Is that a good or a bad thing? That's, that could be a good thing for the advertiser. Definitely a bad thing for the publisher, right? Because like the first reaction is when you as a user are seeing this ad and you want to get out of it and you just think of the app store, you think, oh shit, again. <laughs> but for the advertiser, it could be good. And that's what I'm saying that there's these, uh, balance to be taken and 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 it's not an easy one it's not an easy one whereas click spamming that you are talking about like the thing of uh, like these affiliate networks those those were not even people seeing any ad right i mean those were like schemas where there's like millions and millions yeah, of clicks yeah. i've heard i've heard that there were um companies um delivering more clicks in a country than the population of the country the in one day yeah. <laughs> but but you know i actually think this is the same this is literally click stuff when you pop the app store and essentially register a click when the user didn't show intent yeah. like when there is no intent and you basically pay the publisher or pay the network um on the install yeah. and I think maybe this industry, like maybe some advertiser will be smart enough to start adding the, I'm only paying you performance when there is intent. Yeah. Now, this is extremely difficult to prove. Yeah. And again, you've seen the cases that yeah. went to uh, to courts and those took years, but the advertisers who sued yeah. did win. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, I, I think there's a difference between, you know, seeing an ad and then, you know, without warning, getting up in the App Store and networks that just like counted a click that didn't exist, <laughs> that no person was behind like going to the App Store. So that there is a difference there. Um, so that's, that's another super interesting debate. Obviously, you know, the case of, oh, I see an ad, I love it, I click to go to the App Store and download, By the way, they, happens. Like, the, the challenge there is that from a user standpoint, so let's say the user now sees an ad for Candy Crush, yeah. okay? User doesn't get that there is a network and a DSP oh. and like, uh, the user basically blames Candy Crush. Candy Crush gets massive amount of negative reviews um, for this practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't actually think that the advertiser is really like um, gaining any value here. Um, well, look at their numbers though. Eh? They, they need to grow their user base. So. It's the same as maybe six or seven years ago. It's it's fun. It's fun, by the way, to be able to go back in time. <laughs> it's like uh, six or seven years ago where a lot of this industry was like, well, but I'm paying CPI, so I don't care if there's 400 million clicks a day in the US. Like, that makes sense. <laughs> Again, uh, but I don't think now with the networks showing, uh, seeing a 70% CTR, I don't think they have 400, 400 million clicks a day. It's a different scale. Eh? I think, I think maybe... Maybe there are. And you know, you know them. what's the challenge? You know what's the challenge? Um, no, like the only the only company that actually would know this is Apple. Yeah, true. Because because Scott doesn't give you click reporting. Uh, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, well, and that's that's a whole issue with Scott, right? That's a whole that opens the door to a whole new can of worms. Which actually leads me to like a hypothetical. <laughs> What if SCADS essentially starts adding anti-fraud oh. components? Okay, so yeah, obviously it's related to what we're talking, right? Um, so first, again, you, you may know this, yeah, because I, I, you, your company, Incrementality, you probably deal with a lot of uh, companies that see a bunch of uh, fraud schemes. I always thought that SCAD, you know, for, for everything that I criticize SCAD, you know, SCAD, for, for DSPs, it gives us a lot of trouble to optimize, you know, and so I criticize that a lot because I think that one thing, one thing is to help with privacy. The other thing is to put difficulty in optimization. I think these are two things that Scott does, but they are different things and they do both. And I think they could just do the privacy thing without putting impediment to the optimization. But I always thought that Scott was pretty good at, um, at mitigating fraud. I thought, okay, you know more, okay? But I thought it was because first it's deterministic, okay? And then I assumed, but again, fraudsters go faster, right? They, they are always faster, but I assumed that you can't insert clicks that don't exist in SCAD. Maybe you can, I don't know. I guess people are thinking about how to do that. It's not that as easy as with an MMP. With an MMP, inserting clicks happened forever, right? And it still happens. So, so I think, I think SCAD is, is pretty decent already. Now, um, I think that, and, and this, I think that we have to agree, anything that is done to fight fraud is a good thing, right? That would be a good thing for the industry and anything that is done to fight fraud is good. I also think though that um, 
there's a lot of companies that fight fraud. There's good ways of fighting fraud. There's bad ways of fighting fraud. And I think that some, some anti-fraud tools that don't do a good job could actually do more harm than good, right? So if you can identify fraud and reduce it, that's great. And that's always good. If, if what you're doing is saying this is fraud when it's not, you're actually causing harm to companies that are defenseless. So, so my, my answer would be, it would be great as long as they do a good job. And I think that, you know, I'd love to hear you now, but I, I thought SCAD was, was better than, SCAD environment is better than the MMP environment for, for fraud, but you tell me your view. Yeah, I think that, so interesting. So first of all, kind of like on one of the things you said, like, so indeed, by the way, one of our, like one of our customers at Incremental was using uh, one of these, like many, many, many anti-fraud third-party solutions. And they kept launching with this DSP and our, our platform showed them, hey, this looks great, but they kept not seeing it on their side because their third-party fraud solution was actually blacklisting everything. And they're like, guys, uh, maybe turn that yeah. off because it's just uh, doing a pretty horrific job. Um, now, when it comes to SCAD, so I think two and a half years ago, I, I published an article um, at Exchanger predicting SCAD is going to create a new opportunity for fraudsters, which by the way, this like 80, 70, 90% CTR, that's exactly that. Um, you have no one overseeing, you have no one seeing the clicks, no one saying, hey guys, this doesn't make sense. Like the same user doesn't click the same ad nine out of 10 times. It just doesn't, doesn't work like that. Uh, on the other hand, a lot of other types of fraud for sure got vanished on iOS. So SDK spoofing, which was an MMP, like you, you defraud the MMP, it's gone. Click stuffing the way uh, like we referred it, like essentially triggering clicks that the user doesn't even see an ad. That's mostly gone. Um, I think those were like the biggest uh, ones and bots were huge. Um, but again, bots were reported on the MMPs. They were not reported on the App Store. Yeah, so SCAD indeed like mitigated a lot of it, but essentially the industry, uh, yeah, the industry saw, hey, wait, I'm not, uh, you know, my performance isn't as good as the advertiser expects of me. So let me just trigger the App Store. And again, yeah. once you trigger the App Store, it's yeah. a click. Like SCAD registers it as a click. It is yeah. deterministic, but, 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 but um... it's still last touch. But again, with with SCAD, there's there's two things you can do, right? You can run you can run a campaign on SCAD where the metrics come from SCAD, or you can run a campaign where the SCAD is used, but you can still notify the MMP, right? And you can still get the results from the MMP, not from SCAD. So when 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 SCAD attribution is used. You cannot be creating clicks. It's the clicks that the SCAD system uses, right? It's it's when you use the MMP that you can start sending clicks. And so, again, I think SCAD, as far as I know, but again, I'm no, I'm no expert on this, and I get screwed by it. I think that in SCAD there's less fraud, but maybe it will come, or maybe it is, and I don't know. It. If we have a few minutes later, let me tell you about SCAD billing. Uh, oh, but... shit. <laughs> I'm scared yeah. for the sound of it. Yeah. The, the, thing, the things we hear from uh, from some customers. By the way, if we go into these three scenarios, you know, we talked about full screen ads getting banned. We talked about standardizing the X button. Then we talked about like Apple introducing anti-fraud suites. Um, yeah. What's the likelihood of these three? One by one. Okay, 
So I don't think that the banning full screen ads is possible. I really think that would be too crazy of a disruption. We haven't seen it on TV, right? I mean, TV has been there for I don't know how many years, so I doubt that. Standardizing the cross, you know, if if in, that would be easier in, in scan, I guess, than in uh, in Android. And so that that you know, if they are listening to us or they listen to your podcast, that'd be nice. That'd be a nice one. Eh? I and I, I think it could be done. Eh? I think. Because now SCAD standardized how you go to the App Store, right? But if, but if SCAD standardized how the ad is rendered, that would be nice. That would be super interesting, you know? Um, I, again, I, I'm critic of SCAD. I'm critic of SCAD effect on optimization. I'm okay with SCAD effect on privacy. I think those yeah. steps are good yeah. and they, they create problems in the industry, but it's a problem because there is a problem in the industry that needs to be addressed. But how SCAD addresses like, now I don't give you data to optimize, not just the device ID, the other data, I also don't give it to you. That's, that's a bad thing. But I think that if, but if SCAD controls all the environment in a way that it, 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 uh, it controls the rendering, I think that could be good and it could be possible. I don't know if they're thinking about it. I have no idea. And then for the anti-fraud in SCAD, I think, I think part of the design of SCAD is thinking about how to minimize fraud, like the things that we talked about, right? Like click stuffing and all that. So I think probably that's the most, uh, the most probable one, right? Like SCAD thinking about how do I add more measures than the ones that I, like new versions of SCAD keep making it difficult for fraudsters to do stuff. Um, but I don't know, I don't know. I don't know, I guess. So in a sense, if you, if you want to put me, if you want me to put them in order, First one, the fraud. Second one, the cross. Last one, the interstitials. Cool. Jordi, uh, we pretty much ran out of time. <laughs> so thank you so much uh, for being a guest. Um, and yeah, wishing you a great rest of the day. To you, to you too, Mar. And I uh, look forward to talking to you again anytime. Thank you.